Alright, ready? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, welcome to a very special edition of Locked On Vikings Podcast. I'm going to use that as a clip. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Slater's a god. Yeah, he's played well. Uh, Penny Sewell has been okay. He's been kind of up and down. But he's also a pup. He's like 19. So there, there is... I, in terms of like how they've played so far, Derisaw maybe has outplayed Sewell, but Derisaw hasn't been great. But Sewell obviously figures to be better later. From my perspective, I mean, Derisaw got schooled a little bit by quitting last night out of company. Yeah, a- apparently it was just those two and he was really good the rest of the game, according to like charting and stuff. The And if you take into consideration that he had a pretty late start on things and he, you know, really has gotten a, you know... He was thrown in, like, the second it was even, like, responsible to. Yeah, so he's gotten part of a rookie season, if you will. Yeah. I I think he's playing up there as good as any of those people, and I think we haven't seen his upside yet. Yeah, and we've seen one and a half games of Tevin Jenkins. Jenkins was a disaster in the first game, and he was pretty good last night, but he got a bunch of penalties. He was a bunch of those 15-yarders. He was the one throwing swings. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it's kind of a glut after Slater is, like, the best by far. And then I think you could probably make an argument for either Sewell or Derisaw, and Tevin Jenkins we just haven't seen enough of. And I like Derisaw's ceiling. I, I think, yeah. I think there's room to move there, and I think he's learning. Yeah, compare or don't to the other tackles. He's doing fine. Um Walters asks, extend Mackenzie Alexander, question mark. I absolutely would extend him. I, I think would. he's had a modest season. I, I'm not saying extend him because I think he's awesome. I think he's had some decent games. But he's you can, you little, can roll with decent. Yeah, he's, he's where he needs to be. Well, sometimes. He does bust sometimes. Most of the time, he's in the right places. Most of the time, he'll make the tackle. Most of the time, he'll do what he is. If I think about our our corner situation, Mackenzie Alexander's not our problem. I I put that one back together, and I work on the outsides and think more about getting Patrick Peterson back and figure out what we're going to do on the other side. Yeah, I I defend Mackenzie Alexander a lot um, when he does poorly because I think a lot of that stuff isn't necessarily something like... There are a lot of times where he's put in a, a position where he has to make a play you can't really expect him to make, and it's a problem with the coverage. They just found a hole in the coverage that puts it that way, but that's not on the player. Put a different nickel corner in, and it's the that guy still lines up outside, and the route goes inside, and it, yeah. yeah. Um, so I I would probably do another one year deal with him, and I I don't know if he's gonna want any more because that's just the way players are gonna like attack this off season. Is the cap goes up a ton every year, nobody wants to sign a big long deal in a cap environment that's about to grow. Yeah, I think you're going to see some shift on that. I think that's true right now. But yeah, I, well, you'll see all, the top, top end is going to be immune to that because those guys will get the max money they get. But I, I, you're going to see a lot more one-year deals again, I think. That's, I don't know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see because people like, you know, as a player, you want you want long-term guarantee. You want, you want yeah. to know you're solid somewhere. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, Forrester asks, what is your favorite soup? chicken noodle guy, but chicken a close broth. second, no, you gotta have noodles, but a close second is a good French onion with some Vidalia onions from Georgia. Okay, some Georgia Vidalia onion. That's a, that is an elite choice. <laughs> I, I think it might be curry for me. Wow. Like a yellow curry. Like a nice creamy one. 
can't get enough. So we have a whole bunch more questions we are going to get to, but first, Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences, featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with some NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com sb56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com sb56 or search Super Bowl on location. Once again, thank you all for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. We're continuing on with this uh, this father-son mailbag in the car as we just talk ball on the way home from Chicago. Uh, let's take one from Nikaka now, who says, one of them got three sacks. If you ignore how they happened, I think that's pretty neat. And then asked a different question. Not really a question, but more of a thought. But I don't know, agree, disagree. He got three sacks, and I think they were all unblocked. So the scheme's working, right? You, right. you got to give credit to the scheme when somebody goes unblocked. Yeah, and this is something that I, I think against the Bears specifically, they, they've struggled a ton with. So you got to go in and, and exploit that, and they did. I, I also want to say don't put qualifiers on things, right? When Daniil Hunter got a sack, yeah. we didn't say, but he was unblocked. We said he's a good sack. Right. He took advantage of going unblocked, didn't overrun the play and got the sack. Right, you, you can got, go. You got to give him credit. Well, And we saw that last night, too. We saw Harrison Smith go in unblocked. He fell down. Just, Justin Fields escapes the pocket. That Like, you can mess up that play. There is still a level of skill. And, like, so my, my DJ Wanham take has kind of evolved, too. I don't think he's a very good pure defensive end. He doesn't have really much of a pass rush. He gets washed out of the run all the time. Like, I don't think he's a starting quality guy. But if he's in the backfield, if he's in open space, then he becomes a very, very good player at just that kind of, when it's no longer the plan, um, when it's no longer the plan and it just becomes kind of improvised, can he juke me or not? He's really good at that game. Yeah, he's an athletic guy. He's going to make the plays that you give him. I don't think he's going to overpower a really good offensive tackle. No, never. And he's not going to you know, go beat on a stunt phenomenally. No, he's not going to swim you and be this Daniil Hunter guy. I, I don't think he's going to be that. No, but he made the plays he needed to make last night, and he had a good game. Uh, I'll take one now from Vikings Disappointment Enthusiast, <laughs> who says, when you do a Rock Auto ad plug, do you script what the bunnies will do if if we don't go to the websites, or is that off the top of the dome? I feel like 90% of the time you crack yourself halfway through the punchline. Uh, yeah, those are pretty much off the dome. Sometimes I have to pause and think of one, and then I'll just cut out the pause and yell no, don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty much making that up on the fly, and I absolutely say something, realize halfway through I probably shouldn't say this in an ad read, laugh, and put it online. <laughs> Bishop Sycamore Bottom Dweller asks, did the siren haunt your dreams last night? That siren was the most annoying thing I've heard <laughs> in any stadium I've been in, and I've probably been in half of them, right? <laughs> that, that was awful. I got annoyed when, so we we did Atlanta a bunch of years ago, and they have the big train sound, you know? And we were like, man, that's, especially after like a field goal, it's not even exciting. The crowd's not even going with that, and it's this big train. And we were like, man, that gets annoying. But goodness, that third down, like, siren was awful. Just And I think they use it because... The fans don't make any noise. No. So they have to do something to try and create some energy, but that's an annoying sound. Yeah, that was not a rockin' stadium at all. Okay, here's one from another one from official Wangu fanboy who says, Are Vikings fans just thirsty or is there a chance Kenny could be good? He had a couple good runs. He had a couple of good runs. I you know, I you've talked about it on the show before, but 
you know, I think he's still learning his gaps. He's learning his vision. He's right. learning where to go. If you get the guy some space, he's fast, he's talented. And last night he ran harder than I think. You know, I think of him as a speed guy, but right. he actually got some go yards. Go take the yards carry. in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, he took it. So can he learn that? Will that come over time? I hope so because he's a pretty exciting young player. Yeah, I, so I want to look at those. From our angle, I can't tell what the read was supposed to be or if he left a meat on the bone or something. But those couple of runs he had on that one drive were good runs, so it's hard to imagine there's there'd be like a critique of his read. Right. Um, but I have to look at it. But I, I will say if he made good reads last night, that's a huge step, and that's the step we wanted to see from him. I wrote a whole article about, like, yeah, he's not making good reads right now. If that changes, look out, yeah. And I think that's how I ended the article. It's like, hey, if that changes, boy, look out. And if we've seen it start to change, that's awesome. Um, I have another one about Kenny from Purple Skull who said, thoughts on getting more offensive players involved early. Where are the jet sweeps to 26? Do the Vikings run these? 28 carries for Dalvin into a wall. That motion sweep play that that uh, times the pitch and a handoff with the snap. How about five or six of those instead of Dalvin up the gut repeatedly? Um, so real quick, I think the first couple snaps to Wangu against Detroit a couple weeks ago were jet sweeps. So they do do this. They just didn't last night. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about that, that up the gut versus? Well, I, I, we talked about it before the game even started. We talked about it all game. We and were I, yelling at I, each other I about this. I said with, with Akeem Hicks blowing up, you know, Cole and Bradbury up the middle, why wouldn't we do little toss plays? Yeah. Why wouldn't we get try and get right on the edge? Outside zone instead of inside or zone. Or going outside zone. And, and either Delvin or Kenny Air or either one of them, I like either one of those guys, you know. Yeah. And, and we didn't see it. We saw it up the gut and. And then they try a swing pass on third and long, right? It was right. It was I, I didn't understand that play calling. It seemed like we played into the bear strength. Yeah, I, I think their plan so their deal was, yeah, they got a like Zimmer talked after the game that they had a lot of respect for the Bears pass rush. So they have a good pass rush and we wanted a game plan for that. And I think their plan was to use timing quick game. And that was exactly what I asked them not to do. But that was their plan. Um, and so you got all these dumb short passes and stuff, and then when there was a run, you weren't really using your quick game doesn't really set up any runs and stuff. So you don't you can't really do any of the fun stuff that a, a team that's worried about the pass will react the way you want it to. And so you do kind of end up going Dalvin up the gut lead, and they they wanted to get big on them. And I wonder if they knew something about. I mean, look, Alec Ogletree and Roquan Smith are both kind of smaller. Uh, I mean, Ogletree's like big. He's got stature, but he's not a beefy linebacker. He's like a speedy pass rush dude and then Roquan Smith's like a coverage guy so I wonder and they did all that heavy that 6-0 line they didn't do enough of it if you ask me so I wonder if their plan was to try to go big on him and you just outthink yourself because you just tried to go big on Akeem Hicks yeah and, and, and you're not big compared to Akeem Hicks yeah uh, Norse Code the Vikings podcast Norse Code asked funny your running gag this year Schefter constantly tweeting about D-Virgin or the fact that Jimmy Graham still has a no trade clause so now I have to explain jokes to you. So there's a player on the Bears called D-Virgin, D-E-E, and his last name is Virgin. And every time Schefter says D-Virgin is going to play tonight, jokes abound. Uh, also, it is hilarious that Jimmy Graham has a no-trade clause in his contract. <laughs> which, is th- which of the two things is funnier? Uh, personally, the Jimmy Graham one. Absolutely I mean, the Jimmy absolutely, Graham one. I mean, that is no, so funny that he has a no-trade clause. He's about my age. I think I have a no-trade clause, too. And, and, <laughs> And why he would have a no-trade clause, I don't understand, because he's, he's certainly passed his prime. I'll just say it nicely like that. Um, Walker asks, did the Vikings wide receivers get locked down by the Bears' backups? Did, we, did they lose? 
or were they open a bunch? I didn't. I, I was watching the O line a little bit more, so I don't know if I have a good answer to this. I don't know that I have a great answer. They certainly were, you know, trying to put two guys in bracket Justin Jefferson on any of the routes that they could, and and trying to take him out of the game. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and then you look at some of the other throws, and you did have corners right where they needed to be, right? They yeah. were taking passes away. There were a couple of, uh, you know, uh, passes. Well, they were sitting on him. They this, were sitting on him. And this is because they watch film, it turns out. Your opponent watches film on you. So, That's a thing? They yeah, watch it, that? They prepare a, for the game? You'd think, you, you, you wouldn't think, but... Uh, so the the Vikings run a ton of curls, ton of spacing, a ton of they they use a lot of spacing concepts, and a lot of that is go to a spot and turn around. And very similar to D. Filippo, and yes, the Bears do this a ton too now that they that he's there. And I think it's terrible because once you do enough of that, corners know that they can just sit at the sticks, sit on top of it, jump and break on it, and that doesn't require your your it doesn't give your wide receiver a chance to be better than the guy. That's the problem with it. So you have a, a practice squad call-up getting the pass breakup of his life on Justin Jefferson, and it doesn't give Justin Je- – you're not making a contested catch. He can just jump on the ball and break it up before Jefferson can do anything but commit OPI. And, and you know, and at the same time, while that's true, right, we're not making them work hard because, one, they can sit on those short routes, short to intermediate routes, because their pass rush is in our face in two seconds, so we couldn't do any of the things that allow a Jefferson or a KJ or one of those guys to make a double move or yeah. do something that's going to make them work and have to defend. Yeah. Because we had to get rid of the ball, and you know Kirk was checking down relatively quickly because someone's in his face. Yeah. Right, so we've got a few more questions I want to get to, um, but first I got to talk to you about the greatest protein bar on the planet, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's Built Bar. Built Bar tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate, absolutely delicious, and it makes a great holiday stocking stuffer because it isn't. It doesn't feel like a protein bar. It's a cheat day without feeling like it's a cheat day, and that's what makes it perfect. It's low sugar, low fat, low carb, low calorie, but chock full of awesome protein to get you going in the day, be a guilt-free midnight snack, whatever you're in for it. So head to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you can get 15% off of your order. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. All right, we are keeping going with this mailbag. we got a few more. The next one, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. We'll talk about the one from Troy MCC who said, why does Hicks look like the second coming of Alan Page against the Vikings nearly every time they play the Bears? Um, my answer to this is because O-line small. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's pretty straightforward if you even just see them. And we, we had pretty close-up view on some of, them, yeah. some of the looks last night. He, he's a huge man compared to Bradbury and Cole. Yeah. I think Alexander fared a little bit better. Cleveland. Or Cleveland yeah. um, fared a little bit better. But, you know, there were a couple plays. He just came hard straight up the middle on a double team and still drove him three yards back. Yeah. And they didn't double him enough. There were way too many. Like, every time you'd see Akeem Hicks make a play, you'd look up at the replay, and he's one-on-one with Mason Cole. It's like, how'd that happen? How does that keep happening? And so the more complex thought is there's a big cat and mouse between the fronts the defense presents and then the protection the center of the quarterback calls. Um, And... If you do that wrong, you can. Or if the, the defense wins that battle, they get the one on ones they want. And if the offense wins that battle, they don't get the one on ones they want. And the Bears got the one on ones they want. So that that kind of game of cat and mouse is a lot more complicated. I might actually do a whole article about that one someday because I think it the, it, the answer might be really interesting 
in terms of strategically what the Bears do to us. But really, they want that one-on-one because O-line's small. What I don't get out of that one, and, and it's a great question, is they do it to us every time and somehow we haven't won the cat and mouse yet. No, and it's like been different defensive coordinators and Vic Fangio, then he left and then some other guy. Um, similar from Jeff Douglas, he asks, Bears have two quality pass rushers but are very depleted in the secondary. Is the inability to capitalize on the opportunity in the passing game about the game planning or execution? Felt like we didn't have a good game plan to take advantage, but execution sucked too. I would go with game plan from my live watch, um, but I still reserve the right to take it back once I've seen tape. I was going to say, it was, it's hard to tell from our angle who's really open and who's really there and who they winning their things. Yeah. But, um, it, it, like I said earlier, it sure seemed like we were playing to their strengths. Yes, we were playing or not playing to their weaknesses well enough. A practice squad corner can sit on top of a route and break it up like you did in high school. Right. And we kind of let them we made it so they only had to do that. Uh, certified Kellen Monstan asks one for you, Dad, that says, why did your dad expose you to this constant pain and suffering skull? <laughs> Some things are just a tradition, and when it gets in your blood, yeah, then, then it's your duty to pass that ongoing disappointment on to everyone else <laughs> in your family. It's, it's your God-given right. It's your God-given right to be a Viking fan. Right. All right. We have one more here. I wanted to save this one for last because it's kind of nice. JV Swaps asks, favorite father and son Vikings memory? I have an instant answer to this, but I want to hear yours first. Oh, I might need a minute. You okay. Go, you go first. Miracle, no question. Being at, at, We were both at the stadium for the miracle. We were both looking at each other like, oh my God, this is going to go on the pile of great Vikings disappointments. Uh, you know, throw it on with Blair Walsh and with all these other ones. And we got our moment later, but... We were, we were looking at each other just like, I cannot believe this is happening. And that stadium was absolutely dead during that last drive. We thought we were just watching the death throes of what could have been a magical season and we didn't even win one playoff game. And we're, we're, we were, I remember we were talking about like, God, this is going to be the Zimmer thing. He's going to be a Marvin Lewis. He can't win a playoff game. Because um, that was his first playoff win as, as the head coach. And then the miracle actually happened. I, I blacked out. I think that was true for a lot of people. You know, I've I've been watching these guys literally since 1961. You were born the year. Born the year of the Vikings, so it's in my blood, and I've been at a lot of moments. I was at the Farb game in New Orleans. I went to 41 Donut. I've been at a lot of these things, (laughs) but I would have to say the miracle, I would agree with you on that, just because we were in the depths of despair. There was no way we were going to win, and we were going to walk out of the stadium yet again with a playoff loss and then it happened and, yeah and you were you were hugging people you didn't know it was euphoric all in one one fell swoop so I'd have to go with that one too yeah I, I, don't, I don't think there, there's a moment in Vikings because the Vikings never get that right and never that never, never happens to us I went so I had a flight back home that night so I actually had to leave the stadium and go right to the airport and I usually I got to read a book or listen to something or something on on the flight home I was so wired that I didn't, I didn't have to do anything. I just kept reliving it in my mind and going, did that really just happen? And the flight went by like a blink of an eye. Um, okay, I did miss one. We, we have one more. Uh, it comes from JJ Season who asks, why did the Vikings pay Kirk all of this money to be terrified of him in situations where we need him most? <laughs> well, that, that's a long-term question. It's more of an opinion. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing when they, 
decided to pay him all that money, they didn't think they were going to be worried in those situations. No. And frankly, he has given us a chance and given us a lead in the fourth quarter in almost every game. Yeah. I don't know if they are worried. I, I think if we need to confront somebody for being scared of Kirk Cousins, it's Kirk Cousins. That potentially. That I, I think there's a bit of a confidence thing that that you know. And, and when you ask him, he kind of says, "Well, I wasn't confident in this or that or whatever." I think he can cash more checks with his arm than than he writes. Um, and I've had that critique for him for with, of him for a long time. Although um, I did I did have one last in last night's game because you and I were debating it. You were saying run the ball, sit on it, run the forty seconds off. I said throw for the first. Oh, and you got me. Yeah. Trust your quarterback, and if the guy's not there, you know, take the sack and keep. And the then clock they ran the two minutes. And they hit Jefferson for a first down. So they did trust their quarterback. Yeah. And he did come through for them, which pretty much made the last score not matter. Yeah, that, well, that that took two more minutes off the clock, and then it was impossible. Um, and, and I would say that if you think about – if you looked at Viking situations without knowing what the play call was and said, okay, these are the ones where I think you should trust the quarterback the most or did they run, you'd probably find more than you think are that they trusted the quarterback. And whether or not Kirk paid that out – sure but I would venture a guess that that's not necessarily true and I don't think that ahead in the game 14 points with four minutes left is a situation where you need to trust your quarterback that should be be a game over that should be a game over that should be we can run it three times for a first down and, and end this which is what I was arguing obviously I ended up wrong but that's why I was arguing that because you know, up up fourteen with four minutes to go is not when you start putting the game in your in the hands of your quarterback. Right. So okay, I hope you can hear this. I hope this sees the light of day. <laughs> but that's uh, that's lockdown Vikings. We're gonna start talking about the Rams. It's a short week, so we only have two shows left of the week. So we're gonna talk talk about the Rams. We're gonna try to get a crossover done with uh, Sosa at Locked On Rams. It's the holidays, so we'll see if we can't get that together or not. Um, But we'll we'll keep you all posted on that. Either way, I will see you all tomorrow. Uh, Do you want to say the end? I do. I just want to say to all the listeners, first of all, thanks for letting me be on, and have a happy holiday season. And as always, Skull! There it is.